I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor, and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. Today, we've got Ned Staber with us. He's the Vice President of Economic Development at Wayne State University and President and CEO of Tech Town in Detroit. Ned, I've admired what you all are doing in Detroit really for, for several years as far as all the entrepreneurial growth that you're having and really what you're doing with this coronavirus. I called you and said, we got to get you on our show. I saw you all are raising money, I believe, through the Detroit Small Business Stabilization Fund. You're not waiting on the federal government to pass some package that they may not have passed. We're recording this on Tuesday. They may not have passed it by Thursday. Y'all are getting money to your small businesses now. Let's start with you talking about the Small Business Stabilization Fund, what y'all are trying to do. And then as we progress, we don't want to be all gloom and doom coronavirus. I want you to then talk about Tech Town in Detroit. Sure. So... Uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You know, any opportunity to talk about what we're doing so that, frankly, other folks around the country can model it, or if people want to support our efforts, you know, I'm a nonprofit, so this is not a zero-sum game. We're all trying to help each other out. In Detroit, we've had a, a burgeoning sort of revival over the last 10 years, which has been great to see my hometown, and it's fun to watch it starting to flourish. Lots of entrepreneurs starting little businesses all over the city. My organization is called Tech Town. So people think we just do tech, but the reality is we work with about 400 businesses a year and 300 of them, restaurants, coffee shops, barber shops, retail, lights, you know, service uh, folks, manufacturing, stuff like that. Little businesses, we help you start them, stabilize them and scale them. Like that's it. I don't care what you're doing. We'll help you. We'll help you grow. So we were somewhat uniquely positioned in that we have staff that's spending all this time embedded in the community across the city. We saw this coming. We could see what was happening in other countries. We knew what was going to happen here, especially with the limited response at the federal level, that we knew this was going to be a problem. We were going to end up being locked down, which, of course, is murder for small businesses. So J.P. Morgan did a report last year, 47% of small businesses in this country have less than two weeks of cash on hand. If you go into uh, black and Hispanic neighborhoods, like Detroit is 82% African-American and then another you know, 5 6% Hispanic, that number jumps to 94%, which means almost every business in the city of Detroit, small business, is out of cash because people aren't going out to eat. They're not going to buy, you know, gifts, you know, that kind of stuff right now. And they shouldn't be. Like, we should stay home, lock this down, make sure everybody gets healthy. 
they're making these decisions right now. What do I do? We're going to be locked down for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. Do I lay off my staff? Do I not pay my utilities? Do I, you know, what, what choices do I make? Do I shut down completely? Can I, can I move online? Should I try to sell gift cards? We started thinking, all right, well, we'll provide technical assistance. We'll teach them how to market. We'll teach them how to get online, sell gift cards, you know, do that kind of stuff. And while my team was working on that, I started reaching out to the CDFI community and the government and said, all right, what are you going to do? How are you going to get money to these folks? And they all said, uh, the SBA? And I was like, that's not good enough. So in about 72 hours, we looked around the country, said, who's doing this? New York and Seattle were both way ahead of us. And they both had sort of plans to try and do stuff like this. We transferred best practices from Seattle. They had a small business stabilization fund really targeted at the most vulnerable businesses. You know, folks whose owners aren't doing it as a second business. You know, they're a millionaire and they're also on the side, you know, have a stationary store. So they, they looked at the owner's area media, you know, versus their income versus the median. And we said, that's who we want to help. So we stood up a program. We help businesses, 10 employees or under, folks who, who their owners make 80% or less of area media income. You've got to be in a physical location. So, you know, you've got to be a, a restaurant or a coffee shop. We're doing food trucks too. If they have a regular location in the city, you can't just drive your food truck in the city and send us, you know, ask for some money. And then we, we're doing grants of up to $5,000. We're trying to be real flexible. Working capital, man. You pay your payroll. You keep the lights on. You buy food, whatever you need. You're closer to this than we are. We're not going to tell you how to do it. We'll provide you other support. We'll help coach you on how to talk to your landlord or your lender or whoever. You know what you're doing. Here's some money. Try to stretch it out until the cavalry comes. That's kind of the plan. And I think I saw you raise $300,000 in the first week or so. Is that right? Or is that what we, you're trying to raise? No, we set a goal of 250 and I started pounding the phones. We raised 300 in the first three, four days. Over this weekend, I raised another hundred grand, and I just got a commitment for another $100,000 from a foundation literally 45 minutes ago. Wow. So we're at about half a million, which is great. The problem is we opened up the applications last Friday at 5 o'clock. By Saturday at noon, we had 200 applications. Now we have 300 applications. So wow. real quick math, five grand, 300 applications, that's $1.5 million. Now, not everyone will get five grand. We don't want to give everybody 500. We want to make sure it's enough to help them. So if you might get three or four grand, but even so, so we're talking at $1.2 million, $1.1 million. I'm short. I need a lot of cash. And so I'm dialing for dollars right now and telling people, if you want to help people immediately, 100% of the dollars that go in this fund go out the door within 48 hours to small businesses in Detroit. I'm taking no overhead on any of this money. Don't worry. I'll figure that out next month. I'll be the one dialing for dollars for myself, but <laughs> at least for the moment, everything's going out the door to small businesses. Thank you, Ned. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners, and we'll be back with a lot more with Ned Stabler after this message. I want to thank Location One. Some folks know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. Location One has, in my opinion, the best buildings and sites database in the economic development industry. And now that coronavirus is hit and, and everything's been disrupted, I've been thinking a lot about if I were an economic developer still, what would I do during this time? And I know without question. I would transition to Lois and get my buildings and sites as updated as I possibly could so that when we come out of this economic downturn, we're ready to go. Let me tell you why I like Lois. Uh, it is the most responsive, mobile-friendly buildings and sites database I have found. It's easy to use. It's just as easy to use on an iPad or iPhone as it is a computer. 
I was browsing around last week on a, a state economic development building and site database, and the thing, it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work properly. You had to be an engineer to figure it out. It was too much. It had this circle you could draw to look at buildings. The circle wouldn't work. When I backed out, it forgot what square footage I was looking for. None of that happens with Lois. This is the best buildings and sites database I have found. I've looked far and wide. It is the most easy to use from a site selection standpoint on any platform. I'm told it's just as easy to use for economic developers, that it really walks you through inserting your information and putting it in so that prospects can use it. So I really encourage you, take a look at location1.com. Use this time while we're down to update your buildings and sites. Transition them to location one. You'll be really happy you did. Well, I know you've got 14,000 businesses in Detroit with under 50 employees. It's just as I've traveled the country, various economic development conferences, speaking and stuff, people have been talking about how far Detroit has come. I mean, you know, I can be in Cleveland and people will talk about how far Detroit has come. And so Detroit's way better than Cleveland. I'll tell you. <laughs> what really I think is speaking to me as a small business owner. So, so we're a small business owner with five employees. So I had my accountant check in when all the talk was coming out with SBA. I had my accountant check in to see, you know, what we might qualify for. We've got some cash built up, but hey, if, if this lasts three or four months, we'll be in trouble. And uh, so anyway, I said, hey, look and see how all this works. So either we can use it or I can advise clients or whatever to use it. And, and so the public knows that the main SBA loan they're talking about, according to her, it takes 21 days, I think, to get qualified. Then it takes six more days to fund the thing. Now that I know that knowledge, I didn't know that a week ago, but now that I know it, every day I'm getting on my LinkedIn and Twitter because I got every economic development in the world on my LinkedIn and all I'm seeing is they're telling their small businesses, check out what our SBA can do for you. Well, that's too long. You're that's talking 28. Oh, you're yeah. talking 28 days. And you just you gotta make those you're making those decisions right now. That's exactly do I lay off my staff. Do I furlough my staff? Do I fire my you know, do I close down altogether and just turtle up for a month? I mean that's yeah. right. And then, you know, they can draw an employment, but then you're hearing rumor if you keep them on your team, they'll do a forgivable. So what I really admire is how fast y'all have done this. I mean, let's face it. was only two weeks ago that we started canceling all the basketball tournaments and all. And within That's two right. weeks, we've raised this much money. And it is most of your money coming from the local Detroit area, or are you really raising it from foundations and, and folks around the country? The foundations are just starting. Today was our first one. The corporate stepped up. Quicken Loans and Dan Gilbert, who's the founder, speaking of Cleveland, he owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. You can't, you uh, can't talk about Cleveland too bad. Yeah, I better. <laughs> That's all right. He's used to it. You know, yeah. the headquarters of the Cleveland Cavaliers is in Detroit, Michigan. That's all messed up. But yeah, yeah. anyway, they stepped up and seeded it with $100,000. He came out of his own family foundation to help. But then it was corporates, you know, Microsoft, Google, Comcast, that all have big presence in Detroit. JP Morgan, who's a you know big Detroit lender. So those are the kind of folks who've really stepped up. And we're really hoping the foundations, which to be fair, they usually take a little while longer because they've got boards and process and all of that. We're hoping they're going to step up this week to start filling that gap because we still have such a, a backlog of demands. So once a company fills out your paperwork and establishes that they've met your criteria, how long does it take you to actually fund them with the 5,000? About 48 hours is our goal. Wow. First checks, we just started yesterday reviewing the applications. Uh, we're supposed to have decisions by Wednesday at five. I literally got off the phone call with my finance person an hour ago saying, hey, do we have ACH set up so we can pay people out like this? She's like, oh shoot, no, we turned that off last year for audit reasons, okay. So we're getting that turned back on, but 
it should be pretty quick. And this is, this is the new normal, at least for entrepreneurial organizations. Two weeks ago, when I said to my team, all right, we got to do this, they told me, we're not a grant-making organization. We don't do this. And I said, two weeks ago, we didn't do it. We do it now. Yeah, the whole world's changed. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the reasons I'm frustrated that the government's wanting to just use SBA programs. Like, we're going to use the same programs we did in 08 and 09. This is a totally different situation. Than well, and, and let's not forget, service businesses, retail, restaurants, that kind of stuff, they're already operating on really low margins. And unlike, say, manufacturing, now let's hope this happens, there'll be a pent-up demand. You know, if they close down for a month, orders are building up. Next month, they got to fill those, those orders, right? And they'll get paid, right? So they'll have increased demand for a while. That's right. But if you own a restaurant and you stay closed for two weeks or a month and then you open up, Chad, are you going to come and have two dinners? No. Right, right. There's no pent-up demand, right? You're still going to come and have one dinner. You're going to get your nails done once, right? So we're already operating on low margins. Our cash flow is already, you know, not great. I can't take on more debt. I'll just start losing money. So now I'm throwing good money after bad. I don't care if it's at 3.75% 3, 3 interest or 0% interest. It doesn't matter. I, I wouldn't advise my clients to take on, a lot of my clients, to take on more debt anyway. You're a thousand percent right. And, and I live in downtown New Orleans. And I mean, we are so much service and restaurants and yeah. bars and music venues and my, you know, and, and we're having a real outbreak. New Orleans is going to end up being one of the cities that has the most of this. And my heart just breaks for these people. And, but, but yeah, you're right. You take out more debt, but you don't know if your revenue will ever come back. You're just hurting yourself worse in the long run. So right. I really admire how fast and how creative y'all have done this. What have you learned? I mean, let's say there's a city out there, maybe it's New Orleans or maybe it's a small town. I don't know, yeah. a small town in uh, Indiana. I mean, what, what have you learned if you didn't know two weeks ago, if there's a town out there that wants to do this, maybe not even on your scale, but to help their small town with such a program? Um, this is what I've learned. It is 100% about leadership. If you get out, leadership is about doing something today that isn't necessarily so obvious to people. And you risk people ridiculing you. So we run a 130,000 square foot facility. And three weeks ago, I said to my team, everybody go home. We need to stop. We have, we have close to 1,000 people coming in our building every day. This is not good. No one had tested positive, none of that yet, but it was coming, right? We saw it. I said, guys, non-essential people, go home. Start setting up your Zoom meetings and your, your Microsoft Teams and all that kind of stuff. Let's figure out how to do this today. And it took us a week of figuring out how to use a Hangout or how to do this or that. And people, a lot of, I got a lot of blowback from some people. Why are you doing this? You don't need to do this. I'll tell you, it all seems quaint now. Oh, they're like, oh, we can just, high, we can just elbow bump. We can just, you know, you know, give me a high five. Leadership is doing something that you don't think you need to do it at the time. The risk I'm taking is that a month from now or two months from now, people will say, look at that idiot. He wasted all that money. I hope I did. I absolutely hope every single one of these businesses stays in business and they didn't need my $5,000. I don't think I'm wrong. I think they're going to need it but I hope I'm wrong. That's leadership. There's somebody in your community that feels like that. If you hear them saying something you think is just a little too extreme, support them, write them a check, help them out because that's what leadership is. And let's transition now to the Detroit story. So how, you know, before coronavirus, how have you all made this comeback? Well, it's been great. We were in a one state recession with the auto industry prior to 2008 and 2009. We were already struggling and eight and nine just made it even worse. All of our uh, borrowing base disappeared because we were borrowing on orders from General Motors. Well, they're bankrupt. We're borrowing on a manufacturing facility in Michigan. No one wants one of those anymore. It was really hard for a long time. A lot of people left. But over time, we really built it back up through entrepreneurship. So a lot of organizations, a lot of people 
have been dedicated to this. We have a really great ecosystem. We're really fortunate. I always say we're really lucky we used to be really rich. The Kmart Corporation has a big foundation. The Ford Motor Company, a big foundation. Kresge, Kellogg, Ford, Hudson Weber, Knight, you know, a lot of those big national foundations are based in and around Detroit. They created a whole ecosystem to help support entrepreneurs. And that's what we're a part of. We've been one of the epicenters. They did one of those like network maps and we were the most connected hub last year. We and our entire sort of network and ecosystem have been working on this for 10 years. And we've had literally thousands of businesses open up in and around the city, which is awesome because, you know, Detroit is a, a place that is largely underserved. You've got a high level of poverty. You've got a people that have literacy skills that aren't on, on par, that have potentially a drug conviction or a, a prior criminal record who can't get a job. Well, they can make a job. And we're breaking cycles of intergenerational poverty. We're creating wealth as well as providing jobs and opportunity right along commercial corridors and in neighborhoods around the city. It has been really awesome to see. And it's part of why I'm so nervous about all this because this recovery is nascent, it's blooming, but it's fragile. So I'm, I'm really nervous that, you know, these folks that we've been working with for the last three or four or five years, you know, who are just starting to get by, they could be really hurt. I'm not worried about, no offense to the cruise lines or the hotels or the airlines. I got friends that work at all those places. They'll be okay. I'm not worried about Hyatt or Hilton or whatever, Carnival Cruise. Someone will buy them out of bankruptcy and those cruise ships will keep on going next month. I worry about the mom and pop shops all around town. Yeah, totally agree. Well, Ned, is there anything that you want to share with the folks that I didn't ask you? I got to make a shameless plug. If you want to help us out, techtowndetroit.org slash donate or just techtowndetroit.org and, and write us a check or send us a, use the credit card right on the line. Or if you're somewhere else around the country and you're thinking, oh man, small businesses in my neighborhood or my community are hurting too, go online, look at all of our stuff, send me an email, ned at techtowndetroit.org. I will happily send you all of our stuff. Saving restaurants in New Orleans doesn't hurt restaurants in Detroit. I'm cool with that. This is a all a rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing. So that's techdowndetroit.org and Ned at techdowndetroit.org. Well, Ned, thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We really appreciate it. And again, uh, I admire what you all are doing and thank you for being so fast with it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing and be safe, okay? All right. Thank you. If you want to join our movement, which is to create economic growth for small to mid-sized companies, communities, and nonprofit organizations, please go to our website at thenextmovegroup.com, browse around, and you can see the different services we offer, all designed to create that economic growth for the small to mid-sized companies, communities, and nonprofit organizations. Most of our leads and growth has come from word-of-mouth referrals. So even if you don't need a service, we want you to know what we do. So when friends and contacts of yours might need something, you know what we do and you can refer us. So again, go to thenextmovegroup.com to learn more about the Next Move Group.